This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. My name is Matt. And I'm Mac. And this is Sip of Success. Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast today, our first in a while since starting out for the summer. And we're definitely going to be keeping some episodes coming out in the summer, not as regularly, but we're still trying to produce content for all of you, especially with right now. There's a lot of relevant topics, especially one that we have today. But before we start, Mac, how are you doing right now? How's your summer been? It's pretty good, you know, just I'm still working for the Student Success Center, still studying for the MCAT, <laughs> um, but not really much besides that. How's your summer going, Matt? Good. I'm also working in the Success right. Center virtually right. with you, so that's nice, um, but pretty pretty slow. Nothing's really changed, I feel like, since school, since everything's virtual anyway. So. Oh, totally. Totally agree. It feels like we're in the same same arena as we were, I guess, when all of us started, you know? Yeah. But I know, speaking of our jobs in the Student Success Center, um, and then also just relevant topics right now, today we have my boss on, Rachel Sinaway from the Success Center, who's in charge of the Money Management Lab. And Rachel, I'll actually let you introduce yourself and what we do in the Money Management Lab. I'm Rachel. I'm the coordinator for financial literacy, so I also work in the Student Success Center. Um, and basically, we talk to students about budgeting, credit cards, moving off campus, student loans, a lot of stuff that's as relevant as ever, I would say, um, right now. And Matt is one of my many PFCs that, that work in the office. But thanks, guys, for having me. I'm really excited to, to be here today to talk to everyone. Yeah, thanks for coming, Rachel. So first question is, and I can, I can kind of answer it, too, because I know I'm a PFC, so... <laughs> I'll chime in too, but what just overall, what do you use to budget right now with everything going on, especially, obviously, luckily we all still have incomes for us, but a lot of people don't, but just overall, like what tools and apps do you use to budget? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have tried probably every single (laughs) budgeting app or tool out there to plug in the student session or we do a um, a what's happening presentation. So we talk about all these financial apps, which is really cool. Um, and I tried them out before making that presentation, but currently I just use Excel. I find it simple, easy, it never fails me. Um, I've actually found some really cool templates for, um, student loans too, that, that I've actually been using for my own loans, which is cool. So it shows you, um, whatever your timeline is, whatever you want to pay it off, if it's in 10 years, eight years, five years, it tells you how much interest is going to be charged and how much um, you'll need to make as a monthly payment. So I've been really playing around with Excel a lot. And that's been my kind of go-to ever since I started budgeting um, back in undergrad and, and grad school. So um, I've also tried Mint and some other some other great apps out there as well. But I'm just tried and true with Excel. I find it easy and I can just get on my computer and look at it when I need to or make changes. Yeah. No, I didn't know you use Excel. I was interested to ask because I actually didn't know yeah. what you were using. There's so many great budgeting templates on Excel. I've spent probably hours on there and I picked my favorite one. And I know I showed 
um, the PFCs in a staff meeting at some point, but they're always adding new stuff too. I found new stuff for student loans. Actually, this is a funny story. How I found the student loan um, template was through TikTok. There's some really cool financial stuff on TikTok, and I know I sound like a nerd right now, but there's some really cool stuff on TikTok, um, education-wise, so everyone should check out TikTok if they haven't. I've learned about baking, about how to use Excel in other ways that aren't templates, about even resume tips, just stuff I had never thought about or had never even learned about before. So you can find out some really cool stuff on TikTok, so 10 out of 10 would recommend that. No, that's funny. I know too, you use, I know you've used like all the budgeting apps. So obviously yeah. I use Mint and then I also like use the Clio app. And also there is for all of you listening out there, one of our earlier episodes is with our grad assistant in the money management lab, Bryant. And it talks about all the apps that we like to use and stuff. And there's also the what's happening presentation in the success center as well. That's a really good presentation with budgeting apps out there. So definitely yeah. look for those resources. I have had a lot of talk among my friends and um, just have kind of been hearing generally about people who have lost their jobs and are trying to navigate unemployment. Or for example, like I know I have a couple of friends that are trying to claim lost wages. Um, do you have any resources available to them to kind of make that process easier or know of any tips on how to make it, I guess, less painful? I know that that's something that's necessary, but that a lot of people uh, really don't want to do. Yeah, it's it's so hard right now um, with everything going on. But something that I would recommend is seeing if you're if you're eligible for unemployment. I think it can be hard to navigate that. But if you go either there's if you're in South Carolina, you can go on their website or whatever state you're in. They should have a website dedicated to that. So you can definitely check that out. I will also plug Sarah Goldrick Robb, who works at Temple University. Um, she works in what's called the Hope Center, which has been around for a couple of years. She is a great resource online and it talks about everything, how to get money if you lost your job, health insurance, unemployment, um, all those types of things. Something to think about too is, and that's what I'm doing right now is working remotely. Um, for the past couple months. So seeing if there's jobs that you can do potentially online to replace your income in a safe way. Um, I actually have gotten online jobs. There's a website called the Penny Hoarder. Um, you know, it sounds like a funny name, but they have a whole list of different articles of ways that you can make money online. I've done surveys for Amazon. Amazon, I think it's called Amazon Turk. I've done other surveys here and there. I've done online transcription. There's, there's definitely online jobs out there. You just kind of have to search. Um, you may spend some time doing, doing some research before you can get there. And it may not be as much money as you were hoping or come in as fast, but there's definitely opportunities out there as well. Um, and I also get ads all the time for like, I see Domino's is hiring, a lot of grocery stores, there's a lot of demand. So it seems like there's definitely some options out there. You just really need to do the, do the research and see what's out there online. I'm sure if you just Google like online jobs or remote jobs, you could find a lot of stuff too. So yeah, there is. And I, I think also depending on like your state and things opening up, there's certain things out there. I know everyone's trying to work for like Grubhub and these gig services as well right now. Yeah. I actually have a friend too, which I don't know how old you have to be, but she's, so she's, the jack of all trades. She's a graphic designer, but she's also getting her real estate license. 
and she is taking an online class to get a real estate license and then she's going to work remotely doing real estate but that's i mean that's in new jersey so i think it depends on the state that you're in too um and she also drives for grubhub so she's doing a lot of things at once but look at and see i think that's another point that i just thought of was see what's out there there's a lot of like free like master classes or online classes that you can take so maybe there's a skill that you can pick up too that you can add to your resume or it becomes a job or you can add it when you're applying for internships in the future. I've seen so many free classes out there recently. So that might be something to think about in, the, in your spare time. We're not doing much else in the summer right now being quarantined and everything. So maybe you pick up an extra skill or a class that doesn't cost you a lot of money or is free. I definitely want to try to do that at some point. So. Yeah, no, I know we had Sharisha Manduri from Career Services on a few weeks ago, and she talked about everything that you can do with like all the online classes and stuff. So yeah, Mac and me will be working on some professional development this summer, hopefully. Absolutely. For sure. You could also learn a new language or I'm doing Duolingo and I used to be, not to say fluent in Spanish, but I took it for like 10 or 15 years. So I'm trying to get re into to learning Spanish and just pick up that skill back too. So that's been kind of fun. So there's definitely, there's definitely things that you can do, even if it, sometimes it doesn't always seem like that. Mm -hmm. um, just going, I would just, honestly, Google is your best friend. That's what I tell students all the time. I'm like, when you're looking for jobs or answers or questions about money, that's how I started out. I did a, my internship with financial literacy in grad school and I didn't know a lot. And I just, Googled and found that's how we ended up doing what's happening. I found a lot of tools that way too. So you don't have to be an expert. You could just go out there and research and kind of get your hands dirty a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Obviously yeah. a lot of students have, you know, a lot of bills to pay. They have rent to pay. So if there's a bill that they can't pay, especially with wage, like lost wages and stuff, what are some things to think about? when you're in a situation when you really just cannot pay. And I know also like the government has, you know, kind of pushed back certain things like evictions and things like that. Um, and there's been stuff with student loan acts, but what are just some things and implications to think about when you potentially can't pay for these and how does it affect things like your credit score? Um, what I would say is that first talk to whoever your landlord is. Um, I've had friends that have gotten furloughed or haven't been able to pay. They may not be able to help you, but hopefully they can. And maybe if you, even if you're just paying in installments throughout the month or pay what you can right now and then owe later, that can be helpful too. I think also looking into options with maybe if you lost your job for unemployment, um, that might be able to help you. Um, I also just saw something recently. If you haven't filed your taxes, you can still file your taxes and then be eligible for the stimulus payment if that works for you, if you're not, if you're an independent student. So there are definitely some options out there, but you want to try to pay because if you become delinquent, it will affect your credit score, unfortunately, and that could bring your credit score down. So whether you're trying to find an online job, working remotely, talking to your landlord, looking up unemployment. I think there's a lot of different potential options out there for you too. And I know, Matt, you were going to mention it at some point, but students can also apply for the coronavirus fund if they're really struggling, um, the USC coronavirus fund as well. Yeah. And I'll definitely link that because I know that's a big thing that's been going around. But I know rent's a huge one, I think, for students. But I was yeah. even reading the other day how Starbucks is 
trying is asking all their landlords at all their rented stores for rent extension so it's not just yeah you know, it's students not just or students. people it's massive corporations yeah. that are asking for rent cuts yeah i think something else too and sometimes i think it gets a little forgotten but um the off-campus housing office um blair and julian which usually their office is in the basement of, of russell house they may have some other options too as much as i know they're more trained and work with the off-campus housing apartments. They might help you to advocate for yourself. So if you can either go on their website or call or email them, um, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to help you if that's something that you're struggling with as well. So definitely want to shout out to that office because I've had questions um, about off-campus housing and stuff with our consultations too, and they've been great about just helping me and educating me more about what's going on with off-campus housing because there are so many options for off-campus housing it could be different if you're living in a house or if you're living in an apartment um, depending on what your lease contract says if you have a lease contract all those things awesome thank you rachel um so another question that we have is how should listeners work to reduce overall spending um i know it's summertime and everybody has places they want to go and things that they want to do when all of this ends. So it's kind of rough right now with people not really being employed, but is it, do you have any like general tips on how to just make everything a little bit better as far as spending? Yeah. Something that I've done and I think it's helped me a lot is deleting apps like food apps or clothing apps on my phone or deleting um, things that would be tempting on my, like on, emails that I'm subscribed to. I'm subscribed to like a lot of different like clothing websites and stuff. So I've unsubscribed to those. And if I don't see it on my phone, I'm not as tempted to like go order Sonic or McDonald's or Grubhub or any of the delivery kind of options. Um, I've also noticed I've, I have ordered delivery before and it tends to be so much more expensive than going to the restaurant and picking it up or doing like a lot of restaurants are doing curbside pickup right now. And that's a lot cheaper than getting delivery and paying for fees and all those things. I think also cooking for yourself, it tends to be cheaper, even if it may take more time as well. So there's definitely some things out there that you can do. Or going back to apps as well. I use Ibotta, which is my favorite couponing app. And I looked at it the other day and I was like, oh, I've saved like $20 since quarantine started just from using coupons and things like that too. So don't let coupons fall by the wayside, whether you're Googling coupons or um, using Ibotta, which is a great couponing app that's free and easy. And all you have to do is just put in your receipt and it's, it's really quick. So I think there's little things that you can do here and there to save money that are pretty easy and aren't gonna take you a lot of time. Um, whether that's actually just going to the restaurant or using a couponing app, that can be helpful. I know for me, I used to get coffee all the time at Starbucks, which is right down stairs from our, the student's desk in our office. I'm not doing that. And I've saved a lot of money that way too. So thinking about certain things that maybe you aren't doing anymore may already be saving you money, um, especially going from being on campus and getting Starbucks to, to not. Um, so some things to think about there for sure. Yeah, I think with the online shopping one, especially that's a big one right now. But I, and I know me and Mac have talked about it and we've talked about it too, but I always tell people like remove your credit card if it's saved in your computer. So yeah. you kind of have to think before you buy, yeah. buy anything online. Right. And I think for me too, practically, like I, I will admit it. I'm someone who likes to buy clothes. I have an Amazon credit card that I originally got in grad school to use for textbooks to get that cash back. 
Um, and I still use it from time to time now, but I'm trying to be more practical in terms of like, what do I need right now in a quarantine? I'm working from home. Do I really need new clothes right now? No. Um, I mean, I've replaced a few things. My favorite pair of shoes got a hole in it. So I replaced those shoes. Things that I use all the time are things that I'm replacing. I'm not replacing, I'm not getting new, like, um, a lot of new clothes or other things right now that I don't need as much. And I was like, who's going to see me anyways? Cause I'm working remotely and I'm inside all the time. Right. So I'm thinking about really what I need right now. And I think also we always talk about in our consultations need versus wants. I think that's different in a quarantine than it would be on a normal day. Right. So I know that I've like reevaluated, I've changed my budget. Um, like I'm not paying for, for parking anymore at school. So that's something that I can take out. So my budget looks pretty different in quarantine than it does normally. So if you guys haven't looked at your finances yet, I think that's something to do as students and just see maybe like, hey, maybe you're spending a lot at, at McDonald's or, or hey, I'm not paying for parking right now or I have, I'm not paying for these fees right now. So maybe you do have some extra money and just looking at your budget or looking at what your income and your expenses are could really help you to, to reevaluate what your needs and wants are right now. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I know that a lot of people, myself included, really rely on the amount of money that they make based on their like summer income. So you work 40 hours a week that you couldn't necessarily work during school. But I know that for a lot of people, they're not they're not able to do that. Um, their hours have been cut. So how do you sort of recommend within this, within this idea of saving for next year that students do their best with taking everything else into account? Yeah, I think it's that's a really good question. I don't think I have a, a perfect answer for that. I think going back to what I said earlier is maybe trying to find other sources of income like online jobs can be really helpful. Um, I also think what, what I mentioned a couple minutes ago about needs and wants and maybe you're spending less at Starbucks or because you can't go out, you're not spending as much on gas or other things. So seeing maybe what you normally spend versus what you're spending now and you can make some cuts and I know for, for me, the money that I'm not spending on gas is going right into my savings account. And the money that I'm not spending on Starbucks is also going there too. So you may already have places to cut that you don't even realize for the summer, um, especially not going out, not driving, not doing those things nearly as much. Maybe you're not going on vacation with your friends, unfortunately, this summer, or you're cutting things a little bit short with whatever you're doing. So I, I think you you won't know until you look at your own budget to see where you can cut. but there's definitely opportunities to work online. So I always encourage students to kind of look at that too. Or maybe even talking to whoever you're working for and asking for a raise. That might be something to, to think about and say, hey, like I'm working during a pandemic. I know I don't have as many hours. Is there a possibility of a raise or moving up in your job or whatever it is? I, I think it's easy to be afraid to ask for a raise, but if you, if maybe if you, this is a summer job you've been at for a while um, and you've, committed a lot of summers there that might be something to think about too. say hey I've been here for so long is there a possibility of me getting a raise and coming in and being confident about that too I think can be helpful but it's definitely hard I mean I think students are going to come in the fall and they're maybe not are not going to have as much money as they want or thought they would and that might mean that they need to be more conscious of budgeting than they already are and just seeing what money they have to to spend in general so yeah I think that's that's really important right now for sure yeah and I had a colleague mention this to me the other day and they're like 
damn, Rachel, like money management's more important than ever right now. And I was like, honestly, like, yeah, like it's, it just, it's just another level of figuring it out and trying to survive, whether you're paying rent or you're living with your parents over the summer or like Mac mentioned, maybe you're not making as much income in the summer, but if, if there was ever a time to start doing money management, it's, it's now, it's, it's now. And I think, I think it can be scary in the beginning, but I also think it can, it saves me a lot of stress, like knowing, knowing what, what money's coming in, what money's going out and knowing what my situation is and being aware and not being in, in denial about it and not saying, Hey, I'm not going to look at my bank account because I'm too scared, you know? So. Yeah. Having a plans the best way. And I know you always talk about this, the swipe and pray method that <laughs> you used to use if, if you want to like talk that about that. Yeah. yeah, sure. So um, I always tell this story. I tell this usually if it was a normal summer, we would do um, orientation presentations for money management just to tell students about it. But I always give this story because I think it helps me relate to, to students. But I remember I went out to get pizza with some friends when I was in college. And that was, this is earlier in college when I was not budgeting or looking at how much money I have. And um, I just swiped my, my debit card and it got declined. And I was so embarrassed and uncomfortable and my friend had to pay for me and I told myself in my head I was like never again I was like I made this mistake once I'm not doing it again and ever since then I mean my budgets have looked different I've used different apps I didn't always use Excel but ever since then I've been conscious of how much money I have and what I can spend um, and that was also before I had a credit card too so I didn't have another way to pay for that that slice of pizza or anything but if you have been using the swipe and pray method I get it. I've been there with you. It's scary to look at your money, but you should. And that's the first step. I tell students, I'm like, you don't have to get a budget immediately. It doesn't have to be a thing that comes like this. The first step is just to look at your account, evaluate where you're at, see what money's coming in, where your income is. If you don't have income, see how much you're spending. Is that manageable? If you're, if you're spending and you're not making money, well, see how much you're spending. Are you going to run out of money where you're kind of at with that? So Really just get in there, look at it, and it's going to help you so much in the future. Starting money management earlier is only going to help you as you go on, whether you want to go to grad school, buy a car, if you have student loans, if you want to go on vacation and you're trying to save for that, paying for a wedding, pay paying for most things in life, it requires some kind of um, money management. So I think it's important to start early. And honestly, I wish I had started earlier than I had and would have probably made my life a little bit. A little bit easier but it's never too late to start I always tell students this I've I've had a couple quite a few students meet with me in the past couple weeks that are graduating and they're like help me with my student loans like I wish I had thought about all this earlier and I'm like well I'm glad you're coming to talk to us now because just anything that I can give you in terms of parting wisdom anything I can help you get started with I'm happy to do that so it's never too late to to start looking at things and I always say it's good to have a plan but it's good to be flexible about it because a budget for undergrad is going to look different from, from grad school. It's going to look different from when you have your first job to your third job to planning for a wedding to having kids or whatever you want to do, buying a house, all those things. So it should be a, a fluid, flexible thing more than anything else. I, I think the, the last thing I'll say about this is that I see a lot of students come in that's very black and white and they're like, this is how much I'm spending. I don't know how to change it. This is my budget. And I'm like, okay, let's see where we can move some things around. It doesn't have to be yes or no, black and white. It can be flexible, which I think is important to think about. And hopefully that stresses you out a little bit less too, if you're flexible about it, rather than
being so um, strict. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point to make. Because I feel like if you're more flexible about it, then if you do like mess up, then you don't feel as guilty about it and you don't get yourself down. Right. And you're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. If you go over budget, you make, you make a mistake, right? Like I made a mistake with swipe and pray. I did it once. And then I said, never again. Right. But we make mistakes and that's how we learn. So I never expect students to be perfect with their budgets. And I've had students come back to me and they're like, Rachel, I spent too much or I overspent. And I'm like, that's okay. How are you going to prevent that from happening again? Right. It's not, it's not about judgment or anything. I think a lot of students come in, they're like, Oh, Rachel, or Oh, Matt, you're going to judge us on how much I'm spending. I'm like, no, I'm here to help you. Tell me what's going on. What mistakes have you made? Where are we at? How can we not repeat that in the future? So it's all about being better than you were yesterday, right? Um, And I think that's a good kind of motto for quarantine too, is just doing the best that you can, right? Being as productive as you can and all those things as well. So Yeah, no, for sure. And to, to wrap up, I know we kind of briefly touched on like the resources and stuff out there at USC and then some other things as well, just some guides, but just a brief overview. What are the resources that are being offered right now to students? There's, there's a lot of scholarships that looks like to students. I had a lot of students tell me that they've gotten emails about that. And I, I also really want to mention USC. I think their, their main resource for students that need is the COVID-19, the website, if you go on there and Something I want to mention too is I think a lot of students feel alone and that they need help, but I just looked on their website today. They said they had 2,400 applications for help for the COVID-19 fund. And if you think about that, that's almost half of the freshman class. Um, and so it's in, in one way, it hurts my heart that so many students are, are struggling and they need help, but those students are going to be helped by the COVID-19 fund. And also that's 2,400 students. So you're not alone if that's something that you need to apply for. And I mean, another resource, come talk to us in the Money Management Lab. Matt and I will be here over the summer. We're happy to answer any questions that you have about this as well. So we're here for you. Every office on campus is here for you too. If you call or email them, financial aid in the bursar's office are open um, and they're happily taking questions from students, parents, anyone that, that really needs it. We're USC is doing um, everything they can to help students, and they're going to continue to do that throughout this crisis. And I think just a compliment to USC too. I've seen, I've, I read a lot of articles, and I'm I work in higher ed, so I've seen how a lot of other schools handle are are handling or maybe aren't handling the the COVID nineteen so well. And I have to say, I think USC is doing a really good job, and they're trying to help students as as much as they can and the best as they can. And I think we all just need to be a little patient, um, which is hard in quarantine, right? But I'm sure they'll be rolling out more things as the summer comes out in terms of support for students too. I know it's not just going to be this, this fun. I've, I've heard rumblings here and there as well. So there's definitely resources on campus for students. And again, that the resource from Sarah Goldrick, Rob, it talks about everything, housing, food in your area, like SNAP benefits, which you could be eligible for all these different things on here. If you lost your health insurance, there's, I think there's eight pages of resources from her. So it's hopeforcollege.com. And she's been a great resource for me over the past couple of years. She's written a lot of books about basic needs and how to help students. So there's a lot of great things out there as well in terms of getting help. So again, Google, Google is going to be your best friend with that as well. But I think 
I always like to tell students, I'm like, you're not alone. You're not the only one that that's struggling. And I think that's important to remember right now is that none of us, none of us are really alone, you know? So just wanted to mention that. Thanks, Rachel. We really appreciate you coming on. I feel like we had a ton of really great information. Everybody's obviously kind of scared about finances right now, but hopefully this episode and hopefully your input and Matt's input and the Student Success Center Money Management Labs help um, can get us all through this time. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. And we'll link to everything that you mentioned in the description. So all of you listening will have access to like the hope guide that Rachel mentioned and all that stuff as well. But thanks for listening. And I know we, like I said before, we're going to have a different schedule of episode releases. So it won't be as frequent for the summer, but we will hear from you guys soon. Bye.